0: You're listening to Geeks Unleashed,
1: a podcast that covers what's current in the world of pop culture.
0: I'm Mark Brassington, and I'm in London.
1: And I'm Jasmine in Texas.
0: Hello, welcome to Geeks Unleashed. This is episode 58.
1: If you are not already subscribed, you can find us at Geeks Unleashed everywhere, including your favorite podcast platform. Remember, five star reviews help us get found by more listeners. So please rate and review Geeks Unleashed on Apple or Podchaser. I'm Jasmine, and I'm joined as always by my hot tea, pinky out drinking co host, Mark.
0: Pinky out. <laughs> do I do that? I don't think do I you do, do that. It. I do don't that. know. <laughs> Not with this mug. Like, I couldn't do it with this mug. But um, <laughs> this mug, I need the pinky to hold the mug up. It's quite a big mug. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Maybe occasionally, but
1: occasionally.
0: anyway, yeah. I it's definitely tea time. Yeah, like, I got the like, hot
1: tea part right.
0: I got the hot tea. Yeah, this is about my third or fourth hot tea actually this evening. So I have iced tea. Oh, horrible! <laughs> I don't know what person in their right mind would have cold tea. Like oh, well, I'm definitely not or, in
1: my right mind. That's for sure. Oh yeah, no, honestly, I,
0: <laughs> And um, and the, uh, the feud weird thing
1: continues.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, no, I wouldn't do it. But yeah, anyway. Hello, I'm Mark. Cheers. (laughs) (laughs) For this week's review, we are reviewing the first volume of Shadow Service from Vault Comics.
1: And spoiler warning, this is a review show, so if you haven't had a chance to read the first five issues of Shadow Service, you might want to pause this and come back later, unless you just love spoilers. We're going all in.
0: So yeah, you've already heard a little bit of the banter, It's sort of soft banter, (laughs) and um, I think it's only when Steven joins us it gets out of hand, so... (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, <laughs> we get we get uh, a little a little more rowdy when Stephen comes along so
0: yeah um but no cheers cheers for listening to this week's episode and um, we just started to jump into our verses before we do I want to talk about another verses that oh. happened this week England versus Denmark. honestly we don't this isn't a sports podcast <laughs> but honestly that was a tough. Tough and stressful game, honestly. <laughs> like, I mean, my, even my kids ran downstairs when they heard me shouting at the TV. So, <laughs> um, all i have to say is, by the time this drops, well, when, when this drops on Sunday, no, no, we still wouldn't have been. We're going up against. Italy Are you going to go with the It's coming home. It is coming home. It's we'll kind, see, man. just we'll gotta keep the faith. It's coming home. We'll so see.
1: I got to say, though, I was pulling for Denmark after uh, the tragic start they had to this uh obviously delayed it's not, euros obviously uh, it's not
0: a nice start but you know yeah, the Engli- english deserve it, it 55 years we've never been in the final in the euro or the world cup so i think it's time for england to to finally be in a final and please on sunday let us win so <laughs> like it's it's going to be a tense evening i tell you so like, <laughs> Obviously, by the time that match finished on, on uh, Wednesday, I was so stressed. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I think I had a headache by the time it finished. It was so, I
1: mean, that's how sports work, man. That's how this uh,
0: works. I'm, I'm not a sports person, really. Uh, like, I mean, I like a bit of sport here and there, but I just, yeah, that game. Oh, man. So, yeah. But let's talk about our other verses. So, the last few weeks we've been releasing on Instagram and Facebook and um. Uh, sort of a, a fictitious verses, and I thought it might be quite funny to drop a Riddick versus uh, Dominic Toretto. <laughs> and um, I'm not even sure if I even know the winner was in the end. Um, it was, uh, it I, was.
1: I mean, this was like was a 60. draw. Like, yeah, it
0: was. Oh, the poll on the stories was 60% towards Riddick, but the comments were just so either way. Like, yeah. I don't think, I don't think any like there was people pulling for Dom because he's got family. People pulling for. <laughs> People pull in for Riddick because he's well, he's got powers and you know, and he saved a dog. Like, you know, so um uh,
1: Riddick got my vote, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Richard B. I, pers-
0: I personally think if you put them both up individually, <clears throat> one-on-one, in a cage, Riddick would win. Like I I can't see that that wouldn't happen. Yeah. But if it was if it was a fast and the furious film, like you know, if Riddick accidentally ended up on Earth it's going to be dumb. <laughs> so, I don't know, um, man.
1: I mean, I don't know. Riddick takes down like people one by one by one, takes down 30 people by the time the movie's over with. So I don't know. I'm still putting my money on Riddick.
0: Yeah. I mean, Riddick is a pretty tough cookie to go up against.
1: Yeah,
0: I'm, I'm <laughs> divided. I actually, even though I set this thing up myself, I still don't know who I'd pick, but. um I Oh, think, come
1: on, man. That's uh, cheating. You got to pick somebody.
0: Uh Okay. I will go with Riddick too. I think Riddick, Riddick is Riddick is probably out of the two of them the toughest. Yeah, right? so, for sure. Yeah. Even it's, though it's they are he's both, even though they are both in diesel, so <laughs>
1: um,
0: somebody else threw in a third challenger on the um, on the comments oh, yes. group. <laughs> I <So>, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't think Group would win. <laughs> so,
1: no, I mean I still I'd still put my money on Riddick over Group. Yeah, so yeah. Just gonna tell um, it yeah. out there.
0: <laughs> yeah i know this was go- a
1: really fun one though like we we had so much fun chatting with everybody in the comments because it was just kind of it was like mark said like every other comment was one or the other there, there was no overwhelming victory this week
0: right oh, yeah i mean i know the poll did say 60 riddick but the comments were so divided i was like you know what i don't know like
1: yeah we're gonna call R- this week a draw
0: <sighs> yeah it's a draw well it's a draw in the comments if it were, if we're just looking at me and Jasmine, Riddick wins. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, so we'll, we'll move on into our news and start with commiserations for Richard Donner, who sadly passed away on Monday at the, uh, well, at a good age, really 91 years old. And um, uh, there's no cause of death mentioned, but I don't think we really need to know any of that. Um. Just I'm assuming that probably his wife and um, all his friends old and family age. are probably yeah I mean they're probably feeling pretty sad right now and I don't think it really matters why it, what happened but yeah it's probably like you said like one probably was just old age I don't think we need to know the ins and outs of what happened um but I think it is important to recognise actually his contribution to. TV, movies, pop culture in general. So, I mean, some of his TV credits include Route 66, The Rifleman, The Twilight Zone, The Man from Uncle, Gilligan's Island, Perry Mason, The Wild Wild West. Um, from that, I'll be honest, I mean, Perry Mason, The Twilight Zone, The Man from Uncle. I
1: loved yeah, Gilligan's those, Island. Oh yeah, my all goodness. of those
0: things. Just, just I... I I, I remember my mum was a big fan of The Man from Uncle, and I did watch a few episodes with her when I, like, they repeated it as I was a kid. I, and, um, you know, I think that's probably for me one of the most uh, standout. Actually, even Perry Mason was something I used to see, even sometimes mm-hmm. sort I of watch it on my own. Um, but some of his most iconic movies Superman, The Goonies, the obviously the buddy cop film Lethal Weapon. I mean, honestly, who doesn't love any of those films? Right. Sad, sadly, he was meant to be involved in Superman 2, but there was a dispute and which led to Donner taking his uh, name off the film. However, that that was kind of um, rectified in 2006 when they released Superman 2, the Donner cut, or uh, the, the, well, the director's cut, a bit like the Snyder <laughs> cut, but this one was the Donner cut. So uh, it was good to see that was rectified. But honestly... He's done quite a few iconic movies and it's hard to pick a favorite. I mean, yeah. i probably... was would...
1: apparently he was a really good guy too. I saw a story from uh, uh, Dustin Hoffman that uh, said that he was working, heard him on set chastising a grip because the grip's son had a game of some kind and that he shouldn't have been on set. You got to be at his game um so apparently everybody loved him so not only did he give us great material but he was also good behind the scenes too so that's always nice to hear
0: that is nice to hear yeah oh all of his movies is any favorite on your end
1: oh lethal weapon for sure i mean Do you know
0: what? i think of those lethal weapon is for me too i used to watch those films all the time me
1: too by- just, um, like and now that now that I am of a certain age I definitely quote Lethal Weapon all the time like anytime <laughs> something happens I'm literally just like I am too old for this shit like I am not well, ready
0: to do this I used to love The Goonies as a kid I used to watch it all the time but not so much as I got older but yeah. Lethal Weapon was a film like I carried on all all four of those lethal weapons I'll be honest um, yeah. not so much the fourth one but the first nothing wrong with the fourth one but I just remember watching the first three like so much and um, I just every movie I was like oh so good like kind of yeah. I know they constantly threaten us with a fifth one um, I still wouldn't say no just because I love both of those guys like but um, did you watch the I know this is nothing to Richard Donner but did you watch the TV show lethal weapon no never and uh, I watched all three seasons of it, and um, it was good. Like, it was, it's a shame that there was obviously some disputes behind the scenes. But um, even the third season, I loved. It was, it was good. It was a shame it got cancelled. To be honest, in fact, in honesty, I actually preferred the third season over the first and second. So, um, but yeah. So well, anyway, sad news, but he, you know, he leaves a, a legend of of movies and TV shows behind him. So yeah,
1: he's a great Hollywood legacy there. All right, so our next bit of news. (laughs) For those of you still taking that flashback to the 80s, the Nacelle Company is reviving Silverhawks. Now, I remember a few cartoons from the 80s, like Thundercats and Transformers and that kind of stuff. Uh, Silverhawks was not familiar with it, but it is from the same production studio and animation studio as Thundercats um which would have been the Rankin bass productions and pacific animation corporation so originally ran for 65 episodes back in 1980 i mean 86 i'm sorry um these i'm sorry this is just these characters are described as partly metal and part real and mark made me watch the theme song right before (laughs) we started recording and i was like oh my god this is horrible <laughs> <laughs> and, um oh wow but you guys if if you are like me and you have never heard of silver silverhawks please do yourself a favor and like hit that up on youtube and check out the original like theme song for this tv show because it is oh man it's i mean it's quintessential 80s but it is like so bad
0: <laughs> Well, there's a po- there's a point in the middle of the Theme tune. It's like a two-minute theme tune. Like yeah, they've been never even long. now you don't even have theme tunes. And if you did, it would be like 10 10 to 5 or 5 to 10 seconds. It's a two-minute theme tune. And halfway through it, you've got a guy in space playing on a guitar. Yeah, funny. wearing a cowboy hat.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah, wearing a cowboy hat. What is uh, happening right now? What is, maybe, is happening?
0: Maybe he's from Texas.
1: Maybe, I guess. I mean, <laughs> hey. <laughs> We you might if you're going to be a space cowboy, you might as well be from Texas, so why oh, not? yeah,
0: yeah, 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 indeed, yeah. um i again, a bit like you, i in the eighties, I did see a couple of these. But this is not something that really stands out for me in my childhood. Not like Thundercats, Transformers, mm-hmm. Bravestar, Star, Visionaries. I mean, like, there's a go on. There's a load of others that stand out for me. Even bloody GoBots. But I probably saw more episodes of GoBots than I did of, of this. But I remember the first time I ever saw Silver Hawks. i was like, this is tra- this is Thundercats. Like, and like. <laughs> And then and then when we were prepping for the uh, for this thing, we I double checked like because of my memory, obviously, you know, I, I don't know how old it was, ten or something. Um, so I thought I better just double check my memory of this. And yeah, like the fact that it was made by all the same studios and animation companies and um they probably used all the same voice cast. <laughs>
1: <Just> like, <laughs>
0: and, um but but like we we watched a couple of clips when we were prepping and the music is so so Thundercats, honestly. Oh my god, it and
1: it's so synth. Like it is so eighty cent. It's it's wild. It's it'll give you a good laugh for sure. Um, for so sure, anyway,
0: there's sure. no more there's no more information on this other than the fact they're reviving it. So yeah, so we'll see. I, I mean, mean,
1: hey, Netflix uh, brought Castlevania back, and that turned out really well. They're doing He Man. We have high hopes for He Man. amazing. So yeah. Who knows? This, if they, this they if they put well. a
0: Castlevania or He Man, you know, take on it, it, it could be brilliant. I mean, yeah. if you oh. let
1: Powerhouse Animation do it, I'm gonna trust that they're gonna do an excellent job because they haven't let me down so far.
0: Yeah. So there's not much more to add to this other than the fact that we were just, I think we just had a laugh prepping, yes, just watch, watching, watching, <laughs> watching clips on YouTube. And I, I think Jasmine was like, what the hell is this? So anyway, um, also still very, very early in development. So James Tinian's um, Something is Killing the Children comic book from Boom Studios, uh, originally debuted as a comic in September 2019, is being developed as a Netflix show. The pilot is currently being scripted by intrepid Pictures, Trevor Macy and Mike Flanagan. Uh, They'll also act as uh, executive producers, along with Boom Studios' president of development, Stephen Christie, uh, the company's CEO, Ross Ritchie, and head of TV, Mark Ambrose. Uh, Tinian and Del Idra, e- who is the um, uh, the um, uh, artist on the comic, will also um, have executive producer rights, along with Adam uh, Felsu. Um, and basically if it moves forward macy will also act as showrunner now that that's literally it in terms of information but i mean we've been hearing about something that's killing the children potentially having a tv or a movie for over a year so it's nice to hear a little bit more news that a pilot is is being scripted i'm assuming it's live action i'm gonna assume that as well yeah um
1: i mean something that's killing the children has been killing it in the comic scene since it hit so i think that's a, a good move for netflix to, to I, if try they to pull that adaptation while it's still hot they,
0: i was gonna say literally if they adapt that as in the comics it will not be for kids i can tell you that now yeah um i'll tell you a little funny story last summer i was um it was last august i was um sitting on the beach with my family and <laughs> my oldest daughter turned to me and we were a few friends actually sitting on the beach it was obviously covid so we'd sort of all met up on the beach and you know and um anyway we were sort of all chatting with our friends and stuff and um what my oldest daughter turned to me and said um daddy like um i went on to your um laptop or ipad or whatever it was and i just went to google and i saw one of your searches was um how do you kill the children and (laughs) honestly i was i literally died i honestly couldn't stop laughing i, oh, I was just i was Wait like a minute. Uh,
1: was she concerned like, like uh should i be sleeping in someone else's no, house tonight or what she, she
0: she wasn't concerned but she was like why did i google that and then i said i didn't go- i didn't google how to kill the children i googled something is killing the children and then she was like
1: sure sure Mark.
0: she was like well what is that like it's, obviously it's probably like that's a weird thing to google yes and then I and then I was like oh it's the name of a comic book like it's a, it's a comic book called something is killing the children and I said look don't worry about it and I just thought I didn't even think to remove that as a search it didn't even occur to me <laughs> like, and uh, so, but once I told everyone we were all like dying Like, yeah laughing. listen man and, your uh, kids
1: are always going to out you but, like
0: but, you gotta um, be careful but yeah, anyway, so I've, I've read um, the first 15. Um, I've got the rest of the, the other 16 to 17 or whatever it is in um, in my pile to read. But it is an amazing book. Honestly, if you've not read it, you won't be able to get the comics now. Way too much money. Well, you can get the comics if you want to part with about 500 quid. And um, But to, to um, get the graphic novels is the cheapest way to go. I think a collected edition is coming out in October for the first sort of 15 issues. Mm-hmm. So... just grab them grab that grab that collected edition read this comic it is an amazing read so um,
1: mark has been recommending this comic since we started the podcast so for like the past year and some change mark has been telling me to read this comic so i need to put it it on my list
0: the collective edition comes out in october i think it's the first 15 issues it's going to be like a nice hardback so Mm -hmm. i mean boom studios you should be paying me now like i'm I'm, I'm (laughs) yeah go on to amazon pre-order that book and um i think also if you pre-order it um because I think as I think I know the comics world and boom studios is a particular gui for this they they'll do like exclusive covers for the first and they'll only do it for pre-order or, or mm-hmm. something something crazy and then you'll probably see the collected editions like worth like 200 quid like the week after it comes out so yeah um I've actually already pre-ordered a hard copy even though I've already got the comics so um
1: Listen, Boom Studios is not paying us, but if they would like to, please get in touch. Also, anyone else <laughs> that feels the need, you are more than welcome to uh buy us a comic on Ko-Fi. So
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't really plug that enough. Go on Ko-Fi, buy us coffee. Um, yeah. please, please. Well, I say coffee, I hate coffee. I'm never gonna drink coffee, but uh it would go to comics. Yeah, that's where it would go towards
1: we're putting all the money toward comics. We it would promise. go towards
0: whatever we have to pay for to review, which we do have to pay for some stuff. So you yeah. well, know we have to <laughs> Uh, we have to pay for pretty much everything, really. Like, I mean, you know, we do get the odd free PDF to read, but we pretty much have to pay. Like, Fast and the Furious cost us money. So, yep. Uh, anyway, what else is going on at Netflix, Jasmine?
1: Oh, man, Netflix. Netflix today was Witcher Con. They had a day, a full day of Witcher events that they kind of released lots and lots of information. We got cast interviews, we got a trailer. And most importantly, we got a release date. The Witcher Season 2 is going to be premiering on Netflix, December 17th. Super stoked. I am very excited. Witcher 3 Wild Hunt is one of my favorite games. And Henry Cavill was so perfectly cast (laughs) in the first season of The Witcher that the only other actor on the entire planet that I could have imagined playing Geralt would have been Mads Mikkelsen if they were going for an older vibe. Uh, the Witcher season one is actually really, really great television. So check that out if you haven't seen it, but I cannot wait, I'm so excited. So this, this will be my Christmas viewing um, to watch the second season of The Witcher.
0: Before we started recording, I mentioned that I've only watched the first episode of season one. Jasmine destroyed me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need to watch it before the seventeenth of December. <laughs> yeah, and, I have uh, a
1: feeling we might be putting that into our uh, January rotation there. So, oh,
0: I've already written out the January rotation. It's got a lot of movies. It's got a lot of movies in it. We we uh, might be
1: making some changes. Well,
0: maybe we'll throw tuned. up a bo- maybe we'll throw up a bonus episode. Oh yeah. To- um. Anyway, yeah, there's there's like three really good movies coming out over Christmas, oh, yeah. so it's busy I, at do, the end of the year. You know what the trouble is though, because we haven't had like any decent movies for about a year and a half. They're yeah. all bloody coming out, like, the and they're coming time. out like every every week now. Yeah. I think we're gonna get something. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's it's. I think it's still a little bit slow for the next month or two, mm-hmm. and then it's just gonna just ramp up, you know. Yep. Double vax, triple vax quadruple vax <laughs> got the, got you know got 18 masks on and a uh, and a uh, some sort of cowboy uh, space suit on i don't know why it's a cowboy Listen, there and, were uh, only two
1: other people in my theater when i saw fast nine uh but i still wore my mask the whole time so that's what it takes going to see black widow here pretty soon so uh be wearing my mask for that one too but uh we're back at the theater baby
0: you can't wear a mask when you're eating
1: uh, i usually don't eat at the theater
0: oh no i like I, I like what i love about going to the theater is sitting down my big drink my big snack just relaxing you know no kids yeah there's no one in to interrupt my movie <laughs> like it's just really it's relaxing time i like to try and find the seats with the leg room you know it's not always a vip seats because you can if you're, if you're clever enough you can find some seats that have got extra leg room like normally i try and you know if there's like um uh, there's a gap sometimes between um, yeah, seats between where they have the like lower a, deck and
1: the upper deck. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I always get the one at the at the the first row of the upper deck because I hate sitting
1: like, that far back. I no, usually no, no I
0: like it so I can stretch row. my legs out. No, I like it so I can stretch my legs out. Mm. And um, so I, I mean, this is probably something that no one cares about, but I have to, um, I, I get, I get a bit of a, so I don't know what the way to scrub it is. A bit of a stiff knee. Like I have to occasionally, like I have to kick my knees out like and um so and I, I just get annoyed if I'm in a seat with like no leg room but I like I, I want to sit in a nice seat leg room uh have my snack have my drink relax and like with me and my wife always joke put a movie on a two-hour movie on in this house and it takes four hours to watch it I think any <laughs> anyone with kids can recognize that you that pause button gets worn out like yeah. <laughs> like literally sometimes every 10 minutes oh she did this she did that like, I'm like I don't care like so, <laughs> Oh, I want to watch films. Yeah.
1: So, Can you guys and, uh, kill each other a little quietly, please? Yeah yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Learn the art of silence. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well,
0: become I, ninjas.
1: <laughs> I think I um, usually don't eat at the theater because uh, I actually worked at a movie theater uh, when I lived in LA. Please
0: don't say something horrible. No,
1: no, no, no. no, no, no absolutely don't not. Put, no, don't no, put me on. No, they they just, stick the, hot, they say, stick the like, hot dogs
0: down their trousers. No, or actually. LA. Okay,
1: so the movie theater <laughs> chain that I worked at was AMC and amc had uh like all beef franks so the hot dogs were really good the pretzels were actually my favorite (laughs) no i just burned myself out on it like uh because popcorn and soda was free for the employees but like if i wanted a pretzel or a hot dog or whatever it only cost me a dollar versus full price so i just burned myself out on movie theater food um and then of
0: course (laughs) no
1: and then i had all that dental surgery uh you know over the past couple of years so like i couldn't eat popcorn um, so I just recently had popcorn again for the first time, like last week, it was freaking awesome. Well, uh, but we were talking to one of our listeners uh, on Instagram and he was saying he couldn't find anybody to go see fast, fast, fast nine with him. And you were like, well, I found somebody to go with me. So I already went. And I was like, uh, oh, I went by myself, like just middle of the day. So I think everybody should go to the theater by themselves at least once. Just try it.
0: I Good went stuff. once a long time ago. That wasn't, that was, uh, I was kind of like in town on my own. I really wanted to see Iron Man 3. I was a bit like him. I couldn't get anyone to go with me. And I was like, fuck this, I'm going to go. I don't want to do this by myself.
1: <laughs> I, I'll
0: be honest with you. I felt totally awkward being in the theater on my really? own. Like, yeah. Like, I, it wasn't for me, like, going on my own.
1: So. Oh, my God. It Like, okay, so I even still remember the very first movie I saw by myself in a movie theater was Hitch with will smith um and i was like this is weird because this is like a rom-com so it was like a whole bunch of couples in the theater but after that i started going to the to the movies by myself all the time and now i actually have a hard time going to the movies with other people because they talk too fucking much and that drives me nuts
0: No, i don't people you know people i go with friends of mine that i go with are are movie fans (laughs) and will not talk throughout the film like I think no, I, probably... yeah, I'm not
1: talk over the film, but like people lean over and then like, what is that? Who is that? Well, what did that happen? Well, what is no, that? I
0: mean? go, I no, up. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't go with people to do that. Like that's uh, annoying. Like, no, that would be it. no. I couldn't no. I don't, all my friends are, are are people that would appreciate the movie, but no, I couldn't. No, that would be really annoying. <laughs> like... I I
1: think I actually uh the I'd say the biggest movie that I've ever seen by myself <laughs> was probably Avengers Infinity War. Uh, wow yeah because like i i really wanted to go and the person that i normally go with they were like look i'm super burnt out on like superhero films right now so i don't want to do this and i was like well i have to go opening night so i went by myself and it know, was literally oh, a packed theater
0: do you want to know the only film i've ever been to cinema and f- fallen asleep in
1: oh yeah tell me
0: star wars episode one
1: okay that's fair <laughs>
0: Right. I, I really was a struck. my mate tony was sitting next to me and i think after about the third time he shoved me he goes i'm not doing it again my like, basically <laughs> like he, he goes look either you i'm not wake if you fall asleep again i'm i'm that's it, tough you know, shit. That's <laughs> it. yeah yeah basically tough shit <laughs> and, uh, i
1: have you ever walked out of a, of a movie because you thought it was so bad
0: um i don't think so i think i've said i think i have if i paid for it i think i will watch it. I don't think I don't remember ever walking out of one. So,
1: uh, yeah. I have walked out of Scary Movie after like 15 minutes. I was like, "No, I'm not doing this." And <laughs> I wish I still wish to this day that I had walked out of Ultraviolet because it was so fucking terrible. Um, but instead of walking out, me and my group of friends there were like eight of us. We were the only ones in the theater, so we literally just like started talking to each other as opposed to watching the film. But yeah, ultraviolet was the other one that I wish I had walked out of.
0: I know, I know I have seen that film, but I don't really remember it. I know it was say, um, mila, it a mila isn't it a Mila? Isn't it a It is a Mila film. Jovovich yeah, yeah. film, which
1: which of course my friends gave me so much shit about because I love Mila Jovovich and it was my idea to go see oh, the film. Let's be honest, pretty
0: much, pretty much everything she's in is shit. Like, that is not I mean, true.
1: The fifth element is fantastic. Oh
0: no, no, sorry, yeah, yeah. I said I said pretty much. Like um <laughs> the fifth she's element is great in like,
1: Resident Evil.
0: The first mm-hmm. Resident Evil was really good. That they they rapidly go downhill. After I actually kind
1: of like the three D one.
0: Uh, <laughs> of what I've do you know, I think I've watched them all other than like the last two. Um, I was actually going to say that's something we should one day work our way through is I'm Resident Evil. Man, that first um, one
1: was really freaking scary. It scared the crap out of me.
0: Anyway, we should take a break, and we'll be back in a minute. Hello. Calling today to see. Who
1: is this? Uh, this is uh, Shane from the Good Game Guys. Huh? I'm not interested. I'm, I haven't even told you what it's about yet. Take me off your list. Uh, okay. Goodbye. Son of a. Devon, these cold calls aren't working, and I feel stupid. All I want is to get people excited about our show, The Good Game Guys,
0: being available every Sunday morning on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever they get their podcasts because how else are people going to know that we cover the latest in video game news and do routine interviews with some of the best folks in the podcast community? They won't, unless I I make more calls, so. Hello? Hi, this is Shane from the Good Game Guys. How are you doing? Follow us on Twitter at GoodGameGuysPod. And we're back. So for this week's review, we are reviewing Shadow Service Volume One, uh, the first five issues, which is that story arc is called Dark Arts. Writer is Kevin Scott, artist is Corin Hot how well uh current colorist is triona farrell and it is by the publisher vault comics this original graphic novel was released on sorry it's not an original graphic novel but this collected graphic novel was released on the 20th of april 2021 it features a witch who is also like a private eye called gina myers the location is a lot closer to home than oh, normal you. stuff yeah yeah for <laughs> normal stuff. Its main setting is in London, and um, pop they pop to Manchester as well, but they, uh, and they deliberately- And they deal with in,
1: some hooligans uh, up there.
0: Yeah, yeah, they, they go to Old Trafford, but it's generally in London. It, it, it involves Gina kind of meeting um, sort of a secret part of the government they refer to as MI666 and- yeah i mean i wasn't a big fan of that name um i loved <laughs> it i thought it was hilarious uh, i mean i don't know it was a bit on the nose like could they not have come up with something else like anyway um just before we jump as we like to do we sort of start with what's our initial thoughts what's your initial thought on the volume one
1: i loved it i i once i started reading it now i had read the first issue a while back um when it first came out and I was like, oh, this is really interesting. And <clears throat> so when th- picking this up again, I guess to, f- to finish off the first volume, it went in a direction that I wasn't expecting. Like um, as the first issue was progressing, I just thought that it was, I thought it was gonna be something along the lines of like a Jessica Jones. Like this-, this chick is, you know, she has powers. She's a private eye. So she uses her like powers to pay for her lifestyle, I guess um but I was just expecting something like a gritty kind of crime a supernatural crime kind of thing and then when MI666 comes into the picture I was like I didn't see that coming so that was kind of cool that there's like this clandestine organization that deals with the supernatural stuff obviously it reminded me of Hellboy um so it was it, again it's one of those stories that it's it's unique but it is very familiar like dealing with the clandestine organization they deal with things that come in and out of hell mm. you've got demons you got monsters you've got all kinds of ugly underworld creatures that you're working with um but i i just really kind of like the way that they overlaid all of that with an actual place um instead of you know like we said it's in it's mostly set in london so instead of setting it in like some fantasy or fantastical world it's it's in the real world and they throw in a lot of like real world elements to kind of remind you that this is still a regular place even though all these weird things are happening
0: Um,
1: and they also give you some context of the time frame because they talk about the London Olympics of 2012 and Brexit so you know it's at least semi-current in its in its setting so I really enjoyed it I love the characters Um, I I love the action it is super super gory (laughs) there are so many horrible awful gross things that happen um, but I really love this. Like once I started reading the the collected volume, I I just I read it all in one sitting. I mean I could not stop reading. I couldn't uh, stop reading.
0: Yeah, no, I really enjoyed it too. I um I think it was parts of like Jessica Jones thrown in here, Buffy mm-hmm. in a current London setting. And like you say, it was current because when I was reading it, when I initially picked... So I read issue one and two, actually, when they first came out. I read the comics. So like we both read the uh, volume one digitally. Um, but I read the first two issues when they came out. Uh, and then this was something I kept meaning to go back and grab. And um, and then when we, we decided to review volume one, so we just both got it digitally. And um, we, we obviously really both enjoyed it. But like you say, the current context of dropping in things like the Olympics and Brexit and... Um, we'll talk a little bit more about kind of writing in a little bit, but yeah, it was, it was quite nice to read something current for me, current set in London. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've said this a few times on the podcast, not often is there something where I'm reading or watching something set in the UK yeah. um, that I enjoy as well. Uh, so that was actually uh, the
1: first thing I thought about when they, when they said that the setting was London, I was like, Oh, look, Mark finally gets a London setting.
0: Yeah. Um, so I think Jessica Jones to me was probably about the closest in terms of similarity, um however rather than Jessica Jones as a superhero this is a witch mm-hmm. and um and most of the sort of people in her life are of a magical nature yeah so it, it's it's basically Jessica Jones yeah if you would summarize it is basically Jessica Jones but in a magic in a, you know using magic rather than superheroes well, as, just
1: as... pick up Jessica Jones and drop her into Hellboy's universe and that's what this is like
0: yeah that's that, that's yeah it's a good summary of this so yeah. um did you have any sort of favorite or least favorite characters throughout the book at all?
1: Of course. Uh, so, favorite character pops in in the first issue. Um, and it, like it was a surprise that he turned out to be my favorite, but it was the rat, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> Who, uh, spoiler here, at the very end, we find out that there is a human soul inside of Eddie's rat body. Um, but I love, I just loved Eddie because Eddie. At one point, um, I think it's in the third issue. Eddie realizes that MI666 has has got Gina, and him and Gina are friends. And he like attacks one of the MI66 characters. Oh, and, nose. Like, yeah, he bites his nose and scratches <sighs> his face, and he's and then the other mi 6 character is like, oh, "I'm going to shoot this rat," and she's like, "Don't shoot the rat! Don't shoot the rat!" Oh, man, it was it was funny. Uh, so I really, I really liked really Eddie. He's like kind of like an informant sort of like he's got his nose to the ground literally pretty much uh so he he always knows what's going on because it's like the underground network so to speak um so he was just he was a fun character I really no like
0: we don't always choose the same character but he is my favorite character in this in this um world yeah and i just i literally like, i actually got the first page in front of me where he shows up and you know basically she's coming out of a bar etc and then you just the speech bubble you see the speech bubble on the page before where it says lost someone and she turns around in a little bit of shock mm-hmm. and then you look and then you show, you've got this first panel um, <laughs> this first box where he's like on the floor there and goes bad night <laughs> and i'm like <laughs> okay so we're doing talking, so we're talking to rats like, okay yeah cool. we've got like we've got ratatouille thrown in here as yeah. well so like <laughs> and um and so and then she's just walking down the street, just having a chat with him and then and then and then even they're having a bit of you know she's like don't start eddie and he's like she's he's like don't start how many times gina blah blah, blah. like you know i'm not going to read the script word for word here, but i just the banter between the two of them like oh, he's just such a good character and like, he's actually he...
1: expressive too like he definitely looks like a rat like it's it is not a, a anamorphized rat where it kind of looks like a human face no no he is a rat but like there are a couple of scenes where you get up close with Eddie's face and like even his little rat face has, it's very expressive. Like his eyebrows are furrowed and he's, you know, he looks like he's making an angry face. It's, it's really well done. Like I just, I just loved Eddie's character so much. And it was like instant love. As soon as like Mark said, you flip that page and she's talking to a rat. I was like, Oh yeah, I'm digging this guy.
0: It <sighs> so reminds me of um, I never forget the, 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 oh damn it I've forgotten the film the name of it but Edris Elba oh the Gunsinger film um have you seen the Gunsinger film yes so when he comes to earth or Keystone earth as he calls it and then he turns to the boy that he's looking after and he goes do the animals on this earth still speak (laughs) and and that like when I see things like that it makes me think of that like um just do the animals still speak so here, it's. I know there's a cop out here there's a soul inside the the rat but it just makes me think of that like do the animals still speak and how she's carrying on is like this is an everyday thing Mm -hmm. so this is a this is just normal like he speaks get over it yeah and um (laughs) you know well she also uh, identifies
1: him as her only friend so like yeah like your only friend in the world is a rat the
0: rat yeah but but then that's that whole jessica jones thing isn't it like she's a loner she's Mm -hmm. a badass she's a strong lead female character I mean, Gina Gina is someone who you kind of love to hate. She's got that. She definitely has a lot of Jessica Jones about her. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Gina was something that, you know, we, we talked about Eddie, but Gina was probably my other favorite of the book. And that's oh, obviously sure. a good thing. That's obviously a good thing. She was the lead of the book. So yeah. I, I enjoyed just how strong she was. Um, you know, she can physical fighting. She can do magic you also get to see flashbacks within the book, which show how her powers came out. Mm -hmm. uh, What forced them out was a a confrontation between her mother and her stepfather. uh, And that didn't really pay too well for her. And you keep sort of diving in and out of her life and just seeing what, what sort of traumatic childhood she's had and what's led her to where she is now. She's had to really stand on her own. So the and that, that kind of this whole MI triple six thing, where they want her to work with them, she doesn't want to do that. She she works on her own. She mm-hmm. does her own thing. You know, I'm, I'm sure she'd even if they'd said to her, "This is the mission. Here's some cash." She'd probably go and do it. But she she's been such a loner for such a long time. The idea of becoming part of a you know sort of a clandestine organization and following rules and structure are probably so far removed from Gina's yeah. mindset. Plus, like, Eddie just,
1: doesn't trust them.
0: Well, yeah, he doesn't trust them, but yeah. I think even if it was a trustworthy organisation, she still wouldn't want to do it. So yeah. she's a strong woman, and, you know, that kind of, you know, is is something I just really enjoyed reading. I, I love, to be honest, I know, I know you always hear this about, oh, people don't buy strong lead female comics or TV shows or movies. I love strong lead, female leads. You know, mm-hmm. I, you know I, I don't care whether it's a strong male lead or a strong female lead. If it's a strong female lead, I love I love it just as much as I would a male lead. You know, I probably love it more in some ways. Like I I, I enjoy reading a strong female lead in a book, and she's incredibly strong and has some really good moments in that first issue. So, um, you know, I, I thought we'll talk about what we loved in a minute. But actually, what did you enjoy about the script? Did you think it? Did you enjoy reading it, especially with the the British? sort of references <laughs> i know you didn't get all of them one of them not, I did not all to
1: of them but i got most of them i think there were only yeah. a couple of tv references that i didn't get um but yeah i i thought it was really funny when they went up to manchester and it was like oh they're at a man united game because they're at old trafford and oh they were playing west ham um
0: oh, yeah, yeah.
1: so it like a lot of it was very familiar but with the with the writing what i loved the most was gina like would fuck up sometimes and just kind of be like well that didn't really go the way that i wanted it to go but i'm gonna try something else and it's like what what that didn't work either well damn it okay i'll try something else so like she she's not the type of character that gets it right a lot but when she does it's great so i i thought that that was a very interesting aspect about it but that's it also made her like feel more real because she would just try things on the fly and and hope for the best um so part of part of her witch magic is she actually has no formal training whatsoever she when she was a kid and it was that sequence where she um kind of like used a spell against her stepfather um she didn't know what she was doing she just said that as a kid she always always had these words in her head she had no idea what these words meant And so the first time she actually used one of the words that was in her head was, and it turned her stepfather into this horrible, awful looking monster. Um, So basically what the head of MI-666, his name is Hex, he calls it um, like a instinct. So he, Mm. he says that she's one of the only witches alive that actually is powerful with magic, but like instinct magic versus actual learned book smart magic. And so i thought the deeper they get into her character the more and more interesting she turns out to be because it's like well if if your mother didn't know that you had this ability um and and we know that obviously you're with the stepfather so like who was your father and did he was he his genes were the ones that passed this to you or like how did you become a witch like i just i have so many questions (laughs) um And I told Mark like I picked up the other issues because as of as of the point of this recording, uh, Shadow Service is up to issue nine. I was like I have them and they're they're waiting for me, but I cannot read them before we do this because I'm gonna get I won't be able to like differentiate from the first volume. So I told him I was like so the rest of my Friday night as soon as we're done recording, I am reading the rest of Shadow Service because (laughs) I have to know. Like I thought that they did a really good job of of laying out this world that's on top of a you know so to speak our world but and it made me want to know more like well why why did this witch curse one of the agents at mi6 and turn him into a ghoul like who is hex why is he this 400 year old person trapped in a child's body like who the hell is the human soul inside (laughs) eddie's rat body like i have so So many many questions questions. Yeah, Yeah, yeah but not in a bad way like like, but like I said, when I started reading it, I just, I couldn't put it down. It, and it was funny because like when I read it, I hadn't intended to read it at that moment. Like I had some other plans that I was supposed to be working on and I, none of that happened because I read this in one sitting. So I love the writing. It It really, really pulls you along and it pulls you right through the story.
0: I think in terms of the writing, it's narrated very well, I think. Mm-hmm. And the narration's fun to read. Uh, I think the structure of the book is put together very well. There were two sort of things for me. I felt like in terms of criticisms, some of the British stuff I felt was a bit forced, you know, like oh, you know, Manchester playing West Ham, Brexit, <laughs> Britain, whatever. And, uh, you know, even um, they they mentioned EastEnders and Corrie, which is Coronation Street, both EastEnders and Corrie or Coronation Street are both uk primetime soaps over here um i kind of the moment the moment i saw the corey and this thing i was like oh god it's just, <laughs> it's like, it's like, oh, yeah, i just thought i don't know anyone that talks about east and um but and i kind of i know that the writer's english and it's a clever thing to do because it does help settle it it, it kind of it does help with people like yourself, you know, Jasmine, reading this, the moment you're hearing British pop culture references, you're kind of, that's bringing you into knowing this is a British book, you know, this is right. set in London, this is set in London. So I get why you need to push having those British things. But um for me, I just I oh, wasn't that bothered, but then that's because I guess, because I'm like, oh, I live in this country and it yeah. kind of thing, these kind of things. Can, <laughs> I, I don't really know anyone that speaks. Like that, but obviously you do hear Eastenders and Corrie get mentioned here and there, but it's not as common. Um, But I, I, I think the book was done really well. I, actually, there's so much I, I actually loved in the first issue that um, I my probably my other criticism was MI triple six. I felt they were probably introduced a little bit too early. Mm-hmm. But then this is this whole thing. I mean, you were talking about this before. Was when you're putting something new out and people don't know it unfortunately sometimes you do have to rush a little bit because you've got to hook the audience in and that might mean dropping something huge to get someone to come back with a a comic to get someone to come back next month Mm -hmm. and in tv that's you know if it's not if it's not a streaming thing well I mean if it's a streaming thing from Amazon or Disney which release them weekly you know they've got to sometimes drop something to get you to come back next week where I guess Netflix drop eight to 12 episodes all in one go so you got you you don't even have to wait to play it through um so but with this i i get why in the first issue which is which was pretty cool to be honest with you when she gets sucked into this little like genie's bottle yeah and then, uh, like and then and then so she, you basically the last page of the first issue is where she's um she says, okay, it's official. Today is the worst. It is the fucking worst. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, like, and then, like, you see her kind of getting twisted in this sort of um, genie's bottle thing, and then the, the, the first issue ends. Um, and I remember reading that at the time, actually, when that first issue came out. And I was like, that was actually a pretty good cliffhanger because that just yeah. came out of nowhere. Like, yeah, she was exactly. basically spent the whole first issue doing, investigating, pretty much working on her own. And out of nowhere, these two people come and, and drop a genie's bottle on her. Um and like obviously in the, the second uh, issue, we have a lot of flashback again with her as a child, and um, before we eventually get back to her um, in the in the sort of the genius bottle and then getting released in some sort of prison. So I, I think to be honest with you, in terms of the writing, I did think it was done very well. Um, like I say, as a as a British person, I felt some of the British stuff was <coughs> probably a little bit forced. <laughs> but then looking on it as an outsider, I think it's necessary to make you realize this is in London yeah it's just in, a reminder yeah like, yeah like and you kind of and I, I think they do that a lot in comics as well they're they're constantly reminding you of what's going on mm-hmm. so you know like if you read Spider-Man or X-Men every month you kind of pick up say if you picked up randomly issue seven of a of, a, of an X-Men or a Superman or whatever the first page is kind of like narrating you back up to speed of the story right like and so um you know I I I think this was done very well in terms of just 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 generally handling the uh, the structure in the book, and you know I, I think they did very well. So you know I'm, I'm quite quite pleased with it. I think so. I, I didn't I didn't think that it was you know actually when you even kicked into sort of the second issue, rather than tr- dropping us into when I talk about they like, catch you up, it, she doesn't catch you up with what's happened in issue one, she's actually jumped back 21 years ago and starts telling you about her past again. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, it was a bloody horrible childhood (laughs) Um, And then she does bring you back. And even when she does bring you back up to date, she still isn't really catching you up too much, which I actually, I do quite enjoy because not every, not a lot of indie books do the whole catching you up on what happened last month, which I think is unnecessary because you want to just read a story from start to finish and you don't want to have to every 30 pages kind of read a recap of what's just happened. Right. Um, I think think...
1: recaps are only necessary once you've had like 10 10 or more issues. Like if we're into the second volume and it onto the third then maybe, maybe if by some happenstance someone picks up the third book before they pick up the other two. But yeah, there's no reason in in the first volume for you to do any kind of recaps of episode, you know five issues ago.
0: Have you got any sort of favorite moments from these first five issues?
1: So a couple of things jumped out at me, and I this uh, this is me projecting, but uh there's one scene where, she's walking back to her place and she passes down the street and you can see just like the names of the businesses that she's walking by. And there's one place which I'm guessing is like a washateria or a laundromat. And it's called toss a coin. And I was like, is that a witcher nod? Like toss a coin to your witcher? Is that what that is for? Um, There is another sequence where something happens with spiders And Gina says, "Spiders. Why does it have to be spiders?" And I was like, "Is that a nod to Indiana Jones? Because in Indiana Jones, there's a a scene where it's like snakes. Why does it have to be snakes?" (laughs) Um, So, like, there were there were small references like that scattered throughout the volume that I really really enjoyed. Um, Yeah, but like, as far as a favorite, um, actually, one of my favorite. One of my favorite pieces was, uh, I think in the third issue, it's a double page spread of Hex floating in front of this six armed creature that looks like death. But it is such a gorgeous, gorgeous layout. And it's just like, sometimes, you know, sometimes you're reading stuff and if the story is really great, sometimes you, you aren't paying as much attention to the art because the story is pulling you too fast. Um, Mm -hmm. but to see that two-page spread it really just kind of drove home like the solidifying that this book is the best of both worlds to me like it wasn't just a good story like it had fantastic art as well Mm -hmm. Um, so there were there were a couple of uh, full-page spreads that that really kind of as as a reminder like hey don't forget the artist the artist and the colorist we're putting in our work too Um, so I just think I think the way that this everything kind of flowed together, yes, there are there are chapters, and and this volume only collects issues one through five instead of one through six like some other comics do, um, but it was so meaty and just like full of content that you you really don't feel like you are missing anything, and and it was just it was really it was a really satisfying read, so I yeah. don't know if I had like a favorite sequence per se, but. Just the whole thing was just really satisfying.
0: I enjoyed, um, in terms of like a favorite moment in the book, I enjoyed actually, there's a a sort of bit during um, the first issue where Gina is sort of investigating, uh, doing her investigation, and she, you can see her walking up a driveway um, for a house, which to be honest was so well detailed. The detail in the house was, was so good. I mean, literally even the tiles all on the front, um and i thought this is like a- you could i thought they've really put a lot of work here this is a british house like 100 percent. i can see that's britain um and then when she rocks up in the garage she's like this horrible torso ripped open and i'm like whoa that's like incredibly dark yeah. but she's sort of really going investigating out throughout the house and then she eventually comes across the the guy who shapeshifts but eats corpses yeah. um and and they have a they have a fight, which actually I was like, this is when I said about earlier, she's really strong female lead, she like really kicks his ass. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then what leads to is the genie bottle thing where she gets sucked into the genie bottle. I actually thought that was a really good scene, just showing her sort of doing her investigatory thing, breaking into the house, where she's hoping to do more investigating, and suddenly, suddenly out of nowhere, like you know, this mm-hmm. genie bottle gets dropped, and um, and she's got obviously a sort of a large page of uh showing her getting twisted up but um you mentioned the art a minute ago um
1: i know i jumped I d- no,
0: no, 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 no 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 it's fine i just wanted to what well, we may as well talk about it now I, I think when sort of thinking about colors i think the colors are dulled in terms of reading on the ipad um i looked at my first two print issues i had earlier and they're so much more vibrant on the page than they are on the iPad. And I really enjoyed the cut, the colorists. It did a really good job in this book. And
1: well, that's I, I thought it was really vibrant reading on my screen. I mean, I no, don't know. I mean, have if, you compare iPad, it, but...
0: if you compare it to the, oh, okay. compare it to the comics is what I'm saying is I preferred the paper in terms of how vibrant those colors were. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think, I think they do a really good job with the colors in the iPad as well. I think that the digital copy is very good, very clear, very vibrant. Um, It it changes tone in the right places. Like, and, you know, when we're doing the flashbacks, there's this constant purple tint. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's it's very clever how the colors are used to also help style and mold this story. Um, In terms of the writing, like I said, my only sort of criticism was, I think two criticisms, one, I could have done with less obvious British sort of mm. slang and pop culture being dropped in. Yeah. However, I, however, I did understand it because when they, if it's not a British person reading this, they kind of need to know what this is, what Corrie means or whatever, or, you know, and, and, you know, and also it helps bring them into the fact that this is a, a, a world that's probably a little bit alien to them. So, mm. um, and yeah, so, and the other thing was I just felt like MI666 probably could have come in a little bit later. I would like to have seen a little bit more time with Gina on her own, doing her own investigations into things. I would have probably been happy with a more of a five issue volume one just centred more around Gina and whatever case she's got. And I mean, I've I've said this before though. I think sometimes people rush, but I understand why you need to because you've got to pull in that audience straight away. You've got to make them interested in in what's going on because there's, you know, I think how many comics come out every week. So you've got to, you've got to do something to make sure you bring that fan base back again. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I understand why those things happen. But other than that, I thought actually this flowed really well. It was easy to read. It was well structured um you know the dialogue was really punchy and and fun to read so I I enjoyed I enjoyed reading it and I think the art style as well really matched um the book as well I think the detail was really there like that house I mentioned earlier the house was so detailed and I could see like you know even the individual tiles on it and um you know even the bits when Gina's in this weird sort of green world uh, sort of prison um and then when she's coming back out just the detail on her face as her face has sort of been stretched out um I thought was really cool. So yeah I, I all of it the art the writing really sort of enjoyed enjoyed the book. So yeah. um is there anything you may have changed or are you just generally quite happy with all of it or?
1: no honestly I mean I, I don't think so. Um I I can see wanting MI6 M-I-666 to come in a little bit later, but I actually enjoyed the reveal early hmm. on because, like I said, I didn't see that coming I, I, when I was reading. I mean, description aside, now, normally I don't always read a description before I start reading the, the comic, especially when I pick up digital copies. Um, so the description mentions a clandestine organization, but it still just didn't occur to me in in the first issue. So I really, really enjoyed that reveal. Like, oh, this story is going to take that kind of direction. Um, and again, it's it's the buy-in is really low because mm. we, I mean, everybody and their mother is familiar with stuff like, you know, James Bond and 007 and, and like everybody knows about clandestine organizations and that kind of thing. So it's not far-fetched to assume that there would be a supernatural version of those things um so I just I enjoyed it I I enjoyed the overlay I enjoyed the mixing of the genres I enjoyed the story I love the art um I was shocked at how much I enjoyed this book and again I think it goes back to I really just in general my my reading preference is not a monthly kind of come back to it all the time i much 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 prefer graphic novels to mm. single issues so being able to actually because like i said we we read this first issue when it came out almost a year ago but being able to sit down and and read this all in one go it's to me it's just a much better experience uh, for me as the reader
0: yeah no i i, I agree I've... I think this uh, is something I really enjoyed reading. I did enjoy reading it as a collected. Um, I read the first two issues, and I think there's, there's something to be said for people that read a lot of single issues. They kind of really have to dedicate themselves to that. And mm-hmm. although I do pick up single issues, I only really picked up the first two, and then I thought, actually, I'm just going to get the collection when it comes out, because sometimes it's actually just quite nicer to have a graphic novel on your shelf. So I, I think it, it flowed very well, um, and I think it was very easy to read the dialogue from gina um and she just she just doesn't give a shit basically yeah um right. so yeah that's why i enjoyed her and um and but the everybody's as well. a little
1: punchy like all of the characters are nobody pulls their punches nobody holds back all the dialogue is witty and biting um it's just so fun to read because it's so easy to read once you get into the rhythm it i mean it really just flies
0: yeah overall I think we really enjoyed it what would you what would you uh sorry I was actually we normally talk about the end what do you think about the end
1: oh loved it loved it um that 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 whole ending sequence uh in with the art gallery and the art coming to life like that was really really cool um and the fact that the quinn is trying to get in on the, like it's there's so much going on at the very end like and like i said i literally have the next four issues queued up ready to read right now so as soon as we are done recording i am going to read them so i i love the ending um it definitely again it just it made me want to keep going
0: 100 percent! Like, I want to know more about that rat. That rat yeah, needs his yeah, own book.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, I want, give me all the like, Eddie.
0: Uh, yeah, maybe they should release that shadow service um, uh, Eddie service.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like, honestly, the rat definitely. I want a toy. I want a toy of that rat. Like, you know, yeah. get gets Tobin Farland to make one. Um. <laughs> anyway, I'd <laughs> be that'd be so good if he made a rat. Like, uh, but yeah, I enjoyed it. So, um, what would you rate it?
1: I'd give this book a four and a half.
0: Like story and art?
1: Yeah.
0: Both the same. Yeah. Yeah. I I probably would go with story four and a half, but art four.
1: Okay. I can see that.
0: Um I didn't hate this art, but I didn't love it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But it also fitted its context. So yeah. I think that's probably what, what's good about it. So yeah. um but yes, so that's that's our our review coming to a close. So Next week we are going to be reviewing Black Widow, and for that we're bringing in a guest host, which is Erin from Girls Talk Comics. You can find them everywhere; they're on all the all the things, and um, there you go.
1: (laughs) And don't forget, we did start a second podcast series where we tackle some of the most essential graphic novels of all time. Our seventh Late to the Party book club episode was They Called Us Enemy by George Takei, Justin Eisinger, and Steve Scott, with art by Harmony Becker. That episode dropped at the end of May. We took the entire month of June off, but we will be back in July for The Killing Joke. I
0: don't know we're potentially recording that imminently. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um anyway you can follow us on social media geeks unleashed everywhere instagram facebook twitter i was just gonna say Insta, then i like, no i'm not doing that <laughs> but, anyway we're on all of them
1: yeah and you find, can get-
0: find us speak <laughs> to us say hello
1: yeah we're actually really chatty uh, i say that all the time and then mark says no you're the chatty one no, i'm not but mark mark is usually the one you're talking to on social i'll pop it occasionally uh but i lurk i lurk on social so talk to us anyway um mm-hmm. You can listen to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts, Google, Podbean, Apple, Spotify. We are everywhere. So please give us a five-star review and tell your geeky friends.
0: And if you're not already subscribed, make sure you do subscribe. But when you do subscribe, subscribe on everything. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, just literally hit up Apple, hit up, uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, even if you haven't got anything, just download them. Go and download Podbean, you know, you name it. Just, just have a whole folder of podcasts. Just subscribe to these. That is extreme. That's extreme. Yeah, yeah.
1: <gasps>
0: <laughs> I obviously say that in just
1: do what makes you happy.
0: Yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> thanks for listening, guys, and uh, we will see you next week.
1: Bye.